0: Hey guys, we're so glad to have you this Sunday. Look, we've got an awesome special guest speaker with us today. We're incredibly blessed to be able to use this space. And the pastor of the Cambridge Port Baptist Church is joining us today to give us a special message on prayer as part of our series on prayer. We have an amazing partnership with Pastor Dan and we're so grateful to call him a friend. Well, I first wanna um, say hello from Cambridge Port Baptist Church. And, uh, and say how pleased I am to be able to come before you, Hilltop Church. Uh, our churches have been brought together in a surprising way just before the pandemic struck. Uh, you moved your offices and your administrative uh, ministry and your prayer ministry here to our building. And little did we know, or did you know, did, little did pastors Daryl or Bethany know uh, just what a fortuitous moment it was for both of our, our churches. Uh, Because having you in the building has been a blessing to us and for you to share our building has been a blessing for you And so we really just thank God like who would have thought uh, That in March 1st, uh, we would have been entering into six now months of being Kept out of our buildings essentially and kept from meeting together in person But we're so thankful that we can continue to meet and instruct and encourage and uh, and I'm honored that you would bring me uh, before you to speak on prayer and I especially want to say it's been a pleasure for me to get to know a little bit better uh, Pastors Daryl and Bethany and Will, uh, those who I've known the best from Hilltop and from the, and from J-Hop. So thank you all so very much. And so today I'm going to speak to you on prayer, I'm part of a series on prayer, and I'm glad to share uh, some of the things God has been teaching me. A couple years ago, three years ago, my uh, second oldest daughter, who is very much into fitness, uh, suggested that I change my exercise routines. For a number of years, I had been using exercise machines which exercise your large muscles, but they're not really, uh, they don't give you any strength. And so she suggested that I do a strength training and she sent me to a personal trainer and I had four lessons with a personal trainer and he taught me a, a whole series of exercises of, of Core exercises and leg exercises and upper body exercises that I could do at home without any equipment. And so each week we would practice these uh, exercises. And at the end of the four weeks, I felt like I kind of understood the routine. And then I felt like I had to ask him the question that I was afraid to ask him. And my question was, How often do I need to do these exercises? And I was afraid he's going to tell me, Well, you got to do this every day. Because I thought, There's no way. I'm going to be able to do this every day. And he said, you really need to do it at least twice a week. And I thought, oh, it was such good news to me because I thought I can do that. I can do it two two days a week. And in fact, for three years, I've been doing that exercise routine more or less twice a week. Uh, And I mentioned that to you because sometimes you'll hear a teaching or, or you receive something from someone and you feel like it's so far above you, you can never do it. Uh, it's just too much of a stretch and I'm hoping today that the words I encourage you with uh, you find actually within that uh, arena where you feel like you can do this you could add this to your life if it's not already there and it's not going to be something that's beyond you so let me take a moment and pray and then I'll turn our attention to scripture so father we give you thanks we are so very grateful father for your encouragement through your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit Father, that we are not by any means on our own. In fact, we are a people that you have called to yourself and that you yourself have taken under your wing, that you can lead us into a life in which we honor you and please you. So we thank you, Father, and we thank you for the privilege of prayer that the way has been opened before the throne of your grace through Jesus, and that you eagerly invite us to come, to come, to come, to be in your presence, to so let our prayers, requests, petitions be known to you, Father, that you could bring glory to yourself through us in answer to our prayers. What a, great, what a great thing it is. So we commit ourselves to you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, the passage I want to turn your attention to is in the book of Colossians, chapter 4, so I'll give you just a moment to open your Bibles up uh, before I read it. Uh, Colossians, of course, is one of the cities that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to. Uh, his letters being so uh, beneficial to the church over all these many millennium and, uh, and how grateful we are, right, that they continue to be words of life to us and words of great encouragement. And the Apostle Paul himself, you know, his own story and life uh, strengthen us and, uh, and give us good direction and leadership. Well, the Apostle Paul, in speaking to the Colossian church, gave them these words to the end of the letter. And this is chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. He said... so that you may know how to answer everyone." When you uh, consider this, these instructions that Paul gives to the church, uh, it's pretty easy to sum them up. I mean, this is not uh, it's not difficult to understand. Uh, what he's basically saying, if you simply restated it in your own words, is he's calling them to pray, and to pray particularly that God would give them opportunities to speak about Jesus, uh, to make known the mystery, he says, of Christ. And then he asks, he says, well, pray for me, too. You know, he says, pray for me, too, uh, that I could proclaim this mystery clearly. And so Paul gives them instructions to be praying and then being watchful and thankful to see how God will answer their prayers, that they might represent God to this world, telling others about Christ. Uh, He calls it the mystery of Christ. And of course, in Ephesians, he explains the mystery of Christ is that God's uniting Jew and Gentile together into one family. But the Jew-Gentile merger is part of a much larger story, right, that begins much earlier in the Bible. And the reason that God, that that Paul is instructing them to be prayerful about this is because God is making himself known through his people. Uh, What this paragraph describes, I wanna give you a word for it that I ran into this summer. It's a a makeup word and it's the word pray paration. It's taking the word pray and preparation and mashing them together and making up our own word. I heard it from somebody else and I absolutely love it uh, because it's an idea or concept that's inherent in scripture and here it is, Paul's giving us this a very tight description of pray preparation, of praying that God would open doors for us, of praying that we would be good communicators of the message, of praying that we would be uh, attentive to opportunities to see what God's doing around us, to be able to then enter into those opportunities and represent him to the world. And I actually wanna take just a moment and think for you, Well, why? why, why, why is this on us? Why are we needing to do this? And of course, the entire story of scripture is that God uses his people to make himself known. Because as the story of the Bible unfolds, we find that the deception planted in Adam and Eve's, Eve's mind about who God is and about God's character takes root and bears fruit in the story, and we find humanity becomes very confused about who God is. And by the time we're deep into we're in into later patriarchal period, and uh, in Genesis like nine and ten and eleven and Noah and the flood and all of those things, we've got a, the Tower of Babel, and people are thinking um, that that God can be met and manipulated by our offerings. In fact, in the ancient world, the whole notion of many gods became popular and people started to project from humanity up to God. And so we began to think, oh, there's many gods. They fight with each other. They're almost like modern day superheroes. They're like us, but they're much much more powerful, but they're not completely trustworthy and good. Uh, but we need to be afraid of them because they're more powerful than we are. And so humanity became very, very, very confused about who God was. That's why God called Abraham out of Ur. Abraham himself was confused. He was a moon worshiper, we're told. And he made himself known to Abraham, and he said, through you, I'm going to bless the nations. And that blessing is the blessing of knowing who God really is. To this day, people are confused about God. Uh, people attribute wrong motives to God. Uh, there, of course, are many religious viewpoints about God. Uh, it's very popular to think there is no God. And so in, in continuity with God's people throughout the ages, particularly Israel, of course, they're calling us God's people, we're here to represent God. So it only makes sense that we prepare ourselves to represent him well and to take advantage of opportunities where we can further clarify who God is through Christ. Because of course, in Christ, God has made himself known in the superlative. God has in some ways taken off all the wraps. Here's what God is. He's a God of self-sacrificing love who cares so deeply for us that he'd bear our sin in himself to bring about the reconciliation of us with our creator. Uh, It's the God who says that the greatest is the servant of all and then does that through Jesus in the flesh. Uh, This is not how people perceive of God. We're, We're so used to worldly power and the world's values that we easily get tripped up. And so the reason Paul is instructing the Colossian church to devote themselves to prayer, to prepare themselves to be watchful and thankful is that the world desperately needs to know who God really is. This isn't something that's automatic. Now, when you think about this idea of preparation, uh, and Paul's request even for himself, it it makes me think, oh, pray for me, pray for Pastor Darrell, pray for Pastor Bethany, pray for all of us who are communicators, right? That we could communicate these messages carefully and and clearly uh, because so much is at stake in really vindicating the name of God. God's been run through the mud. Right? And so God is making himself known through his people. So in preparation, when you think about preparation, you're praying right, that God would use your life every day. Paul, that's Paul's ask. Paul is in chains here and he doesn't say, pray that I'd get out of the chains. He doesn't pray for a release from prison. He instead prays for clear and effective communication of the gospel because he's been chained to Christ and those are chains he does not wanna break. Sometimes we may lose sight of, right, the the call in our lives to to represent God and be God's people. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that the Christian message is more about us going to heaven, but really the storyline of the Bible is about God coming to earth. When you get to the end of Revelation, God's here with us. That is heaven, right? It's the new creation. It's God present with us without any obstruction. And so we're God's chosen people by which we bring God, in a sense, to earth. We are preparing the way of the Lord. We're like John the Baptist. So we need to be a people who are prepared for every day. Now, when I mentioned my, the exercising, uh, that I felt like, oh, I was relieved because it was possible. This message I'm preaching to you today, I preached six or seven weeks ago to my church. I'm still learning it myself. Uh, It's not that I'm new at consecration or new at giving myself to God, but you know, in your life, you go through seasons and you have ups and you have downs. And when it comes to prayer, I feel like I'm never gonna stop learning about prayer. I'm never gonna stop being challenged by new ideas or new ways. And I'm never gonna stop being challenged by the need to discipline myself and to continue to kind of allow God to help me focus my life on that which is most important. It's not automatic. In fact, entropy, you know, that dissolution of things happens even spiritually. We find ourselves kind of losing focus. And this word, it's a a silly word, preparation, we've found in our church to be kind of like a a helpful handle. It's like, prepare yourself for each day. We have an elder in our church who has been preparing himself for years, but he never used the term because we'd never heard it. But he used to talk, he, he not used to, he continues to talk about how every day when he wakes up, he considers the day before him and he prays through it. He prays for the people he's gonna meet, the circumstances he anticipates he's gonna be in, and he offers himself to God that in those moments, he's going to be God's agent. He's gonna be ready to serve God. He's devoted himself to prayer and he's being watchful and thankful. He's making the most of every opportunity He's looking when he's with outsiders for open doors that God might bring for him to bring the message of Christ to them. He's, he's amazing. He's really amazing. Uh, I think about Jesus in Gethsemane. You know, when Jesus was in Gethsemane, and that was a particular preparation moment where he's praying because he knows the cross is coming. And so he's yielding himself to the Father. He's saying, Not my will, but yours be done. He's not. He's not taking it in on his own strength. He's not somehow thinking he's gonna muscle his way through it. He knows that he needs the power of God to face what's coming at him. When we think about our lives, and when you think about any day of your life, and all the different opportunities that can come to you, in your own strength, you may or may not handle it well, and God may graciously speak through you. But if you prepare yourself, and you give thought at the beginning of the day, which is what I'm recommending. You are tuning yourself to God in a way that will keep you fresh. Now, I, I don't want to in any way say this is like automatic. And in fact, I want to share with you that since uh, I preached this message, I've had a few experiences that I look back on and I thought, wow, I really was unprepared. I was not prepared. Uh, I've I've taken up golfing uh, again. I used to golf a lot years ago and um, and then I, I stopped golfing for a number of years, for almost for two decades, very little golfing. And I, and I felt like, oh, I want to golf again. And so I'm on my own and so I sign up and I end up being put in with people that I don't know, which historically for me has been like a wonderful opportunity to look for God. Uh, it, it's actually something that I, I, I've, I've most, of, most of my life I've done that really well. But because I've been thinking about re-engaging golf and I'm learning a new golf swing in my older age, I'm only thinking about golf. And I came away from two recent golf outings very disappointed in myself. Uh, not because I couldn't hit the golf ball the way I wanted, although I could not, but really more importantly, uh, I had opportunities uh, to speak about Jesus, and I just let him go. I wasn't prepared. I had to go back and I've confessed, I'm like, Lord, I'm not, I'm not thinking I'm representing you there. I'm trying to like retool my golf swing. And I, and I feel like in my own heart, I can retool my golf swing. I think the Lord enjoys us enjoying life. And I love to have fun and enjoy things, and I love sports, and I, I always, I think, will. But I'm capable of retooling my golf swing and being prepared to represent the Lord in these in-between moments on a golf course, as you walk down a fairway, as you stand over a putt, as you have the little banter that you occur while waiting for the, at the next tee box. I can do that, and, uh, but I didn't, I didn't. And so those opportunities just slipped on by. And I felt rebuked in my spirit about it, like, oh, that, that's not why I'm here. That is, that's not why I'm here on Earth right now. I'm here on Earth. Yes, enjoying life, I have to work, I have to eat, I have to have fun, Uh, but I am here primarily to represent God to a world that does not know who he is. Uh, One of the golfers used God's name in vain. And I did say, I said, don't, he knew I was a pastor. I said, don't, don't do that. He's like, oh yeah, I don't do that. But that's all I did. I thought, well, I could have done much better than that. I could have actually asked him, you said those words. Do you actually think much about God? Is, is God on your mind? Uh, the gentleman was like me in his 60s. You know, when you're in your 60s, you're on your last lap in, in, the, in, a, in a one mile race. If each, if each lap is a quarter of a mile, we're on our last lap, folks. It's not a bad time to start thinking about how you're relating to God. I had such a beautiful opportunity and I, and I let it pass. I wasn't prepared. So I've been practicing, I've been working on, looking at my calendar in the morning, getting on my knees, and just taking a little bit of time, and, and this is where I, I feel like this is attainable for everybody. You spend just five or 10 minutes on your knees before God and saying, Lord, here's what my day looks like. And I wanna offer it to you, and I wanna invite you to empower me in this day so that, when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not dull or preoccupied or thinking about my golf swing, but I'm, I'm ready for you. Uh, that I'm, I'm quite capable with your strength and power uh, to speak the message clearly with your help. To see the opportunities you've given me. Uh, to have a word for people that is seasoned with salt but full of grace. Really a word for anybody. I can have a word for anybody with God's help. So. When I prepare myself, I am giving myself to God. I'm saying, Lord, I'm yours for this day. And here are the things I see in my day. I still keep a paper planner. I'm old fashioned. You guys can whip out your phones, you know, look at your plan and just say, Lord, here's what's on my day. You know, I have this meeting or I have this responsibility. I'm doing these activities. Would you help me, Lord, to be your person in all of those moments? The week I preached this sermon to my church in August, I uh, I read an article in the Boston Globe, and I want to read a little bit of a little bit of it off my phone right now. And the article was about a nurse who was in Florida uh, dealing with COVID nineteen, the COVID nineteen pandemic, and he, he experienced a lot of people dying and suffering in the pandemic, and and his own experience of being a nurse was really um, difficult and yet rich in so many ways. But here's what this gentleman wrote. He said. For Ruiz, this is the man's name, his routine is the same every day. He prays in the car on the way to the hospital. Dear God, this is your day. Put me in your hands and help me do what you want me to do. This is your creation and let me help you out. Those aren't exactly the words I'd use, but I love what this guy had to say. He's preparing before he goes into the hospital for his work as a nurse. He's believing. That God is working through him on that day. And he knows it's a task that's beyond him. That this is not his world, it's God's world. He needs God to show up through him to meet the needs of that day. How about you? I'm a pastor. I have spoken to people about Jesus in many places at many times. The sides of soccer practices and baseball fields and in my neighborhood. I've done it so many times and yet... I can easily forget. I can easily place my own activity in front of being God's representative. And, uh, And I wanna learn, and I wanna invite you to learn with me. Let's devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, particularly about our role as God's agents in this world. Because God will give you divine appointments. He's going to bring people to you that are ready to hear the message because he knows he has a messenger. Let's pray together. Our Father, we give you thanks that you are a good God in all your ways. Father, we thank you that your goodness extends beyond what we really could even imagine in bearing our sin, in putting up with us, Father, in our rebellion, in persisting to show your faithfulness to an unfaithful humanity. A faithfulness that you would take so far is to allow your own son to bear our sin as an atoning sacrifice, that you demonstrated your own love for us, that while we were still sinners and in rebellion, Jesus died for us. That's an amazing story. Father, your command to love, to love you and to love others, is really irrefutable in terms of its beauty and essence. Who could ever argue against a world that is dominated by love? And yet, Father, the world continues to push against you. They continue to want to fashion a world in their own thinking and in their own power. And the love is not there. So, Father, we pray that as you make yourself known through us, uh, we would continue to offer ourselves to you as a people who are ready, who have prepared ourselves who can speak that word in the right moment. So we ask, Father, for your help, knowing that there'll be many days, Father, in which beyond preparing that moment, we, we can't prepare completely for it and that we don't know exactly what to say, but you will supply to your willing servant that which needs to be said. So we thank you for that and commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.